Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. like Brian Gumble writing stuff down right before the show. You know, he does that in his Real Sports Extra show. Writing stuff down looks very professorial when he does that. By the way, that's a great show that I watched. Uh, the Van Gundy brothers and the football coach that never punts. That never punts. And I want to bring something out, but i got to bring it up with the big dog because uh, apparently I was ahead of my time. This guy, uh, maybe he copied my idea, but uh, something that I've taken a lot of abuse for, and he actually does with his football team, talking about the high school coach out in Arkansas, who has won three state championships and refuses to punt the ball or kick off. He'll do the onside kick. He wants the football. He thinks punts and giving up the football just like giving it away. I love it. Welcome to the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic, the coach and the big dog with you up until 11 o'clock. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. If we can make telecommunicative connection with the big dog. We'll have some Valentine's do's and don'ts today. We also got a little residue Tuesday review some of the stuff from the weekend that was the big dog, the coach, and of course, producer extraordinaire David Olson and the soon to be award winning music of the talk zone.com. David, help me out because I did not watch the Grammys, but I'm wondering, was there a category for best music on an internet sports talk show heard one hour a week by a radio producer? Was that, did I miss that category? Sadly, they cut that category this Ah. year. I thought we had a real shot too, but. (laughs) No question. We were, if they had the category, is it safe to say we would have at least been nominated? We would have been nominated. Don't know if we would have won, we would have won, but as they say, think it's an honor just to be nominated. Absolutely. Spoken like a true sound by we're in the hunt here. Speaking of an honors, it's an honor to talk each and every day, five days a week, an hour a day, five in total with a musical expert, historical expert, and of course a sports expert. He's my good friend, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, would you agree with me that our music would at least be a nominee if the Grammys had that particular category? Um, Feel free to say no. I, I, Considering today's day of social media, I'm, I'm surprised they dropped that particular. Uh, what was the, what was the category again? Well, I think for yeah. us to be nominated, we need to make it as specific as possible. I think okay. the more we can eliminate the competition. So, how about the best music on an internet sports show played one hour a day, once a week in the uh, midwestern continental United States? That still might not be as specific as we need. <laughs> We might have to tighten it up a little bit, huh? Yeah, the, the, this award show might last a couple of weeks by the time we... Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Big Dog, a, a happy Valentine's Day to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Uh, that's not my hand, of course. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you, big fellow? we got lots to talk about. We, there were a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend we didn't get into. I want to uh, talk about that, but we got... We got stuff on sports page and off, and hopefully you did your homework and you have your Valentine's do's and don'ts for our listeners. I didn't have to do too much homework. It's it's just typical stuff for me. Okay. I, I mean, I've I've actually been around a lot. I've dated enough. I've dated now. I'm actually dating a, 
a respectable lady yep. who I really want to, I mean, honestly, like, be with her for a, a, an extended period of time is the best way for me to put it. But I've had I've had different levels of relationships before this one. Mm-hmm. So I, I can speak on it pretty well, Coach. I've mm-hmm. had girls that I wanted to get out of relationships, girls I wanted to get in relationships, ones I didn't know about, ones I didn't trust. You name it. So I've been in there. But yeah. most importantly, I've had a lot of Valentine's Days without girlfriends. That's, that's what I was going to ask. I yeah. was going to ask specifically on Valentine's Day. So you've been... Uh... You've been in all places on the mountaintop. You've been halfway up, you've been on top of the mountain, and you've been on the bottom looking up on Valentine's Day. Yeah, and I've also been down the street wondering what it's like to be on a mountain. So that's, that's, <laughs> so, and that's actually more fun when you're actually trying to mountain. Yeah. You know, when actually trying to mount something as as opposed to have already mounted. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, huh? Yes. Yeah, oh. exactly. and, and by the way, I gave you a little Valentine's Day gift. Just to let you know, my friend, this year, man. Yes. He contacted me this morning, Coach, okay. and he has the video up. On, really? He posted it on the two guys in the mic site. Wow. So if you want to watch. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Timing, watch timing is everything here. Two weeks after the event, but better late than never. A true Valentine's credo, if I ever heard one. It's up well, on the I, website. I, David Olson, you have it confirmed? Uh, uh, it is confirmed, but Joel did not. Uh, Joel put it on his own page. I put it on uh, the two guys in the mic site. Okay. Oh, I thought I did put it on two guys in a mic. It might be doubled up there. Nope. Okay. I'm looking at it right now, and it's uh, top post. So if you want to see this here, man, uh, you can watch it in all its glory. All right. And again, big dog, for in, our in listeners that might not be aware, real quick, who in the heck is this year, man, and what event do we have up on the uh, two guys in a mic website? Uh, this year, man, is a, is a diehard Cub fan. He was conceived about 20 seconds after Leon Durham let the ball go through his legs in 1984. <laughs> he was he was born July 7th, oh. 1985, and he's been nothing but a diehard Cub fan ever since. And uh, he actually went to Sox fan and infiltrated a uh, Sox fest and infiltrated Sox fest dressed as his you know in his in his blue tights, red uh, bikini tights, and red boots and red cape, and it infiltrated the Sox Fest and basically made fun of Sox fans for about an hour. Pretty good stuff, Coach. Wow. Uh, uh, the, the thing is, though, it might have taken two weeks to get up, but the guy who filmed it is, is putting together a, a pilot that he's invested thousands mm-hmm. of dollars, in, and that was much more important than a this year, man. Okay. Uh, deal. All and right, so it's... And the catchers haven't reported, I'm not too worried about it right now. There's okay. some good stuff up there. I will definitely uh, check that out. Interviews, and, and now do you have... Videotape, and by the way, we got an email coming in from uh, one of our listeners who does not want to be named, but they want to know if this year man was conceived 20 seconds after the Durham error, does that count as makeup sex? Yes, it did. It did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, goodness. At any rate, uh, is the Reinsdorf, apparently this year man and, and Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf had a bit of a confrontation. Is that part of the video? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. It's the, the what what this year man did was hilarious. I have not watched it yet. I am going to watch it because I'm really excited to see how it comes out. But the best way they could, that that this year man explained it to me was he left points on the field because as he smacked uh, the producer Idris Atkins and started <laughs> making fun of the White Sox to Jerry Reinsdorf, and yep. Jerry Reinsdorf looked at this at this year man like he was going to have him whacked and thrown into a ditch, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Okay, yeah. he just didn't have it. He didn't have the phone going. He was uh. like, "Dang, I wish I was video with that because you were really making fun of that old man." And I'm like, "You <laughs> idiot! That was the owner of the White Sox." He's like, oh. 
was so bad. She was so bad. Uh, so he, so he just thing. thought that was he just thought that was yet another confrontation with a White Sox fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh. And you know, so that that's the worst part of it is because like I know this one dude has a real cute girlfriend, and everybody's like, "Hey, you got such a nice girlfriend," and he always cringes because he had the greatest girl in the world, but he cheated on her with this girl. And then lost his great girl, and now he's dating a nice girl. Okay, mm-hmm. and every time he someone said that to him, he like cringes. And that's how, so when everybody was what, last night was like, "Oh, that's hilarious, Joel." I cringed the whole time because I'm like, "Man, I could have had the Reinsdorf video on there." You know what I mean, Coach? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I knew it could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Well, and, and David, I was going to throw out our website, but anybody listening to the show automatically knows our website, right? Because they're on it. So that'd be kind of a dumb thing to do. See, I'm, I'm learning my social media right here. So basically, there's a little link on there. You can plug it in and catch all the uh, all the highlights. By the way, Big Dog, I also uh, got you a Valentine's Day gift. I'm showing it up to our webcast fans out there. But uh, you don't get it. You don't get it as an enticement until you come in studio. Okay, what's that? But it is a, a fully unopened box of Samoa Girl Scout cookies, coconut and that chocolate striping across the circular angles. I, I bought about 10 boxes of those from uh, Cecilia Drudy, who is, uh, she's my, like, uh, she, she's like the sweetest thing in the world. She's uh, a five-year-old girl, and I don't need any more Samoa. So I will be coming in and seeing you, Coach. Okay. And it has nothing to do with them Samoa cookies, just uh, to let you know. But I do appreciate the love. I appreciate I'm it. I'm extremely disappointed. But now I have to give them away somewhere else. Maybe I'll leave them at the office and see if anybody else will eat them. All right. Well, you know, I tried. It was the With thought that high counts. cholesterol levels, Coach, there's no way you could be eating that much coconut. Okay. No, and, and my kids eat way too many sweets as it is, so I'm definitely not going to bring them home. But uh, at any rate, again, I, I tried the thought that counts. And, a, um, again, a happy Valentine's Day to all of our fine listeners out there. we got a little sports to talk about today, Big Dog. And, of course, the Big Dog's do's and don'ts. We'll do that coming up in a little bit. Uh, we'll also get off the sports page some interesting things to bring up uh uh, saw a couple of shows, actually a couple of political shows last night. You know, MSNBC and the O'Reilly Show. They spent a lot of time, Big Dog, talking about Whitney Houston and going beyond just her. But you know, why so many rock singers, so many popular singers, die at an early age? That's been um, well, it's been it's been depressing, but kind of a fascinating discussion. I don't know if you caught any of that. No, I didn't. I did not see any of that, but that's. That isn't something that's been like, oh, Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. I mean, that's been going on since mm-hmm. uh, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison. I mean, it's, it's it, uh, what do you call it? What's his face? Uh, Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Overrated as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, they're all, uh, yeah, I mean, all these, there's a lot of, how many am I missing? I'm missing probably a hundred of them. Yeah, I'm there's sure you are. Sad, sadly, but truly. And of course, you can go into Hollywood too. Who did we just lose recently? Heath Ledger. Something similar oh, yeah. sounds like to Whitney Houston, right? It wasn't severe drugs. It was. It, it was. It was painkillers. Yeah, overdose. It wasn't recent. That was like five years ago. But yeah. But yeah, it was. It was. It was very similar. It was mm-hmm. uh, painkiller overdose, accidental. Yeah. So By more and more, big dog. It's it's not the hard drugs that are uh, becoming dangerous. It's. Sometimes misuse of the over-the-counter drug. Let that be a lesson to all the young okay, fans and, out there. And just just let you know, all those legal drugs are killing people. And just let you know, it's 2012, and marijuana has yet to cause an overdose in the history of the world. Interesting. So, but that's still, still legal. Still legal, just let you know. 
little political commentary coming from the big dog. By the way, speaking of political commentary, David Olson, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, to find out that Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton, who you see in a bunch of different talk shows, you hear him, he has his own show now on okay. MSNBC. Al Sharpton, I'm a fan horrible. of I'm a fan I, I of I saw Al like five minutes of that. It was horrible. Oh, my goodness. That guy has... Why does he, he had his hand up for for 30 minutes on the show. Yeah, he's better as a guest than he is as a host. I'll agree with you. But you know what? The more that I listen to Al Sharpton, I, he tends to make sense. I think he's he's uh, aged. You're, he, what did you just say? You said he makes sense? Yes, he does. I think Al he's Sharpton's aged extremely well. Idiot. Al I, Sharpton is an idiot. Though. I don't know. I would, stuff, he, he basically walks around with his hand out. Mm-hmm. Saying, give, us, give me more money. Give mm-hmm. me that space. That's what you like. You think that's good? I would strongly disagree. I don't think that's what he does. And, again, I think uh, in his early years he was controversial. There was some good. There was some not so good. He has aged well, and the guy makes sense now. His heart's in the right place. And I've listened to him enough to uh, say, yeah, I'm, I'm – I'm, uh, if it's a boxing match, I'm in the corner. I'm the cut man for an Al Sharpton. I support the what, guy. What's the name of this show? Because it's I, I swear to you, I was going through the guide, and I was like, what? He has a show, and I watched it, and I, and I, 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 I was watching with a few other people, and we were making pretty good fun of Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, what I saw was not good, Coach. It was basically he had his hand out the whole entire time. Okay. They're like, you need to give us whatever. Yeah. You must be. I, I would say maybe. Maybe you had a prejudged very similar to the coaches who were coaching Jeremy Lin. You had a prejudged opinion of the guy, and that affected your uh, objectivity to the message that Al Sharpton was bringing to you. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I do tell you this. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, uh, Jeremy Lin is probably not the first player who didn't get a chance because he didn't look the part in the NBA. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks in the 60s and 70s didn't get a chance because they didn't look the part? Great you know point. what I mean? You know, so it's... it's, it's mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, great it's one of those Jeremy Lin stories. It's a great story, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, what all the other players just never got a chance because they didn't look right. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And the uh, quarterbacks in the 60s and 70s, that's a great comparison to it. By the way, real quick before we leave the political field, there's a, I was thinking about this driving in, there's a Jeremy Lin type story going on in politics right now. And the dude's name is Rick Santorum. I don't know if you've seen the latest ratings, Big Dome, but in Michigan. Somewhat of a home state for Mitt Romney, because that's where his dad was the governor of Michigan. The next big primary coming up, Santorum, right now is killing. He's killing Romney. Gingrich has dropped out of the picture, and the guy, when they had the first debates, and there was about nine or ten people, and you know the main ones were in the middle, and then they kind of spanned out uh, as to which candidates were more popular, and he was on the very end. I didn't even know who the dude was, big dog, very similar to Jeremy Lin. And he was hardly asked any questions, but I remember through the first two or three debates, even though I didn't agree with them, I kind of had in my mind, you know what, this guy speaks pretty well. You know, he he makes sense at times, even though I disagree with some of it, particularly the socialists. But here it is, Rick Santorum all of a sudden pulling a Jeremy Lin out of nowhere. He could be. He could be the guy to go up against Barack Obama. It's an unbelievable story. Uh, it, it, It truly is. That, I mean, these are. It's amazing that this is what our presidential candidates have come down to. And he looks like, by the way, just on looks, you with the sweater vest, he could be bagging your groceries at the grocery store, right? He well, could be the, the last second time, last grade. Time we had a president. Last time we had a president like that, that didn't turn out too good. With the sweater vest, and he reminds you of a down home man. The Jimmy Carter presidency didn't turn out so great. Yeah, I like. 
I like Jimmy Carter much better post the Jimmy Carter years than the actual Jimmy Carter years. The same with Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember Roslyn when they when they said that Reagan had won the election, she gave the fist pump, she started high five and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Then she said, Oh, that's supposed to be upset. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was I never saw a, uh, a a president and a first lady as happy to be to lose an election as that mm-hmm. day. I swear to you, they wanted out of the White House. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I so. you know I've brought that up before. It's like you know Barack Obama and fighting so hard for another term. It's like really, you've been through this for four years now, each and every day under the microscope, the intense pressure. Yes, you get the vacation, but even when you're vacationing, you're still on. You're the president for four years. You want to do that for four more years? Are you sure you want to win? I wonder sometimes in the back, you know, just like Jimmy Carter's reaction when some of these guys lose. There's a little bit of like, wow, that was close. When when uh, Herbert Bush lost, it looked like somebody took a uh, totem pole shoved it directly up his rectum and left it there for about (laughs) ten seconds. I remember when he. When like, like when, oh my goodness, for about a week after he lost that election, I thought he was going to kill somebody. I'm like, there's going to be a third world country blown to the fourth world. <laughs> there was, there was no president took a loss worse than, uh, than, uh, GW's dad. Oh my goodness. I thought, I thought we were going to war, coach. Who did he, he, he got beaten by who? Clinton? Yeah. Okay. I, I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe Clinton had won that. Well, Clinton, what he had, 40. Three or forty-one percent. I forget how much he had. Like he had forty-one percent of the vote, and he mm-hmm. won the election. And I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I'm not a Clinton fan either. You know that. But I, I, I despise the Bush family. Despise mm-hmm. them. And it was, it was very difficult for me. Like the whole time, was, I was like, Reagan should get rid of the vice president. I used to say that while I was like in like a sixteen-year-old. I, and I, I, I wish I knew as much now as I knew back then, because mm-hmm. I knew not to trust Bush yeah. when he was the vice president. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners taking a brief uh, breakfast break, maybe listening to our show, we thank you for that uh, graphic description of the reaction of George Bush losing the presidency. Um, all right, so I mentioned Santorum as the Jeremy Lin, you know, candidate. I, I doing that as a true professional host that I am, Big Dog, as a smooth transition into the sports talk that we so uh, passionately tend to at about uh, seven minutes out of the 56 minutes we have with us. And Jeremy Lin, in fact, is playing tonight for the New York Knicks. But more interestingly, Amari Stoudemire returns to the lineup. And my first question to you is the Knicks. I don't even know who they're playing tonight. But how much pressure, not Jeremy Lin, but how much pressure does Amari Stoudemire feel? Because if they lose, the fickle finger of fate is pointing right at him, I would think. Uh, you know what? A, a little bit. I think he realizes that, but I, I don't think he's feeling as much pressure as you might think because the whole the whole atmosphere around New York is, hey, when Amari gets back, we can run the pick and roll, and it'll be great for him, and if that $100 million was spent on it will be worth it. So there's a little bit of pressure because he doesn't want to be like, well, you can't play with Jeremy Lin. The pressure, as we all know it. Mm-hmm. So it I, I guess I wasn't exactly going on on a limb the last couple of days when I was like uh, – Will Carmelo be able to play with them? Because I guess that's the whole buzz in New York. That's the real pressure. Because all of a sudden the ball stopper will all of a sudden can't stop just when the ball gets to him. He has to stop, back up, and chuck up a, a fadeaway jump shot. Then. Mm-hmm. If that happens, they will run Carmelo out of the tunnel. Amaro Stoudemire is not going to play in a way that's going to get a Nick fan or Mike D'Antoni upset at Amari Stoudemire for how he's playing with Jeremy Lin. Do you get what I'm saying, Coach? Yep. There's less pressure. Carmelo has to legitimately change his style of play to fit in with 
another player. Isn't it so funny? He has to give way in terms of be more team friendly. It's so ridiculous. I can't. Well, we're going to ask, ask you to actually share the ball more and play to win instead of carrying on a point to score. Oh, is that okay? Can you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? That's your job. Oh, I have, it just it cracks me up, Coach. This whole Carmelo Anthony thing cracks me up. And I love the fact that the Nuggets are a lot better without Melo than they were with Melo. Yeah, and that happened, if I remember correctly. As soon as he was traded, did they not go on a five, six-game winning streak? Coach, I, 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 do, I don't know about that. I know they had a loss in there, but they went something like 13 and 15 right yeah. after the loss, I mean, yeah. right after the trade. It was like, and they were not even in the playoffs. And next thing you know, boom, they're the fifth seed in the West. And it was like overnight as soon as they got rid of the ball stopper. Well, they kept singing, the, I think, the song, Na Na Nanny, Na Na Nanny, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, By the way, the uh, go go. The New York Knicks are playing at Toronto tonight. So if Jeremy Lin's going to make it six in a row. He's got to do it against uh, your good friend and ours, Jose Calderon, and the always dangerous Toronto Blue Jays, also known you, as the Raptors. Yeah, think about this, Coach Jose Calderon. Eighteen months ago, I know that they, they, Toronto didn't start winning a bunch of games, but he was behind. I forget the point guard that was up in Toronto forever. They give this guy the point guard duties. Next thing you know, he's leading the NBA in assists since he's been the point guard for Toronto. Nobody talks about him, though, do they? It's, you know, anything. Jose Calderon, nobody knew who he was. He plays up in Toronto. It's an overnight success. True NBA fans are like, wow, this Jose Calderon's a really solid player. <laughs> it's the same exact Jeremy Lin story, but it didn't happen in Manhattan, did it, Coach? Interesting. Interesting. He and can't did, score like Jeremy Lin. He can't. The game is a little different, but I, if the story is very similar. If someone out of nowhere gets a chance, capitalizes on it. He mm-hmm. does it in Toronto. Jeremy yeah. Lin out of nowhere capitalizes, does it in Manhattan. Five days later, he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world, and I'm not kidding. Right now, he's one of like he trends mm-hmm. highest in almost every Asian country and in America right now. A very targeted socio-political sport sportology statement by the big dog, but. Probably very accurate, and I would assume the nationality of Jeremy Lin adds to the credence of that also, although Jose Calderon obviously is, um, I'm assuming, Hispanic? Uh, he's well, he's got to be from, like, the Caribbean, because okay. he's, he's as black as Lou Aldang, and his name is Jose mm-hmm. Calderon. Okay. But I, I would assume he's, like, from the Caribbean or something like that. And I have no problem if you're, like... If you're, like, Asian and have never watched basketball before ever in your life, and all of a sudden there's finally, like, an Asian person, and you decide to watch it, it's like one of those things about, you know, I never got it. So you're African-American, and you never watched golf until Tiger played? Well, it's taken me a while to figure this out. And, you know, maybe it has something to do with, you know, if, if you are Asian and you've watched basketball your whole life, and you never see any Asian people besides Yao Ming, and the only reason he's there is because he's 100 feet tall, I can say, well, maybe I don't want to watch it. And then you realize that this kid has been playing in the NBA for a year and a half before he even got to play in a game, basically. And you got to be wondering, uh, how long have we not been getting the chances at playing in the NBA? So that's why, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that right now in China, he's like the number one uh, news story in China outside of, uh, you know, people trying to get freedom and all that other stuff. So it's pretty cool, Coach. It really is a, it's a worldwide story, as we know, it, and it took a week. Mm-hmm. Now we, we've seen it before. Sports can do that. Sports can trans, uh, transcend the playing field and have an effect on everyday life and even, more importantly, sometimes uh, 
you know, the mindsets and the hearts of people and can change a little bit. Not when I don't want to get over dramatic, but it can, it can transcend the sporting field at times. And if it can do that in a positive way, God bless it. It's one of the great things that sports can do. Can uh, I ask you a question, coach? Have you ever, you ever heard of a kid, a guy by the name of Willie Bates? Willie Bates. I have not, I don't think. He played for the Portland Trailblazers in the early 80s. Nope. Still haven't heard of him. Okay. No. Which is cool. I've never heard of him either. I'm just talking about this is the difference in today's society. Seven days ago, nobody knew who Jeremy Lin was. Not even his sister knew who Jeremy Lin was. Okay. Now, Laurent Landry or Darren, whatever his name is, the kid on, uh, on the, the Knicks that he slept with or lived with is selling the couch he slept on and somebody <laughs> offered $200,000 for the couch. This was, you know, this only been seven days now. Think about this. Willie Bates in the early 80s for Portland played in 20 minutes in the 81-82 season. Before the playoffs started, some starter got hurt and the backup got hurt, so this guy had to play. During the playoffs, he led Portland for 27 points a game, led them all the way to the Western Conference Finals before wow. they lost to the, to the Rockets. Okay? He never played before. So in three playoff series, he averaged 27 points a game. And to this day, you're like, ask, they started asking, but you know, I have no idea who it is. If that would have happened 30 years later in the world of Twitter, can you imagine some guy leading an NBA team 27 points a game who had never played before and leads them in the three playoff victories? A lot bigger story. A lot bigger story now than it would be then. That was his, apparently his 15 minutes of fame, because I don't remember, did Willie Bates do anything after that performance? No, no, no not at all. Not at all. And that was, that was the thing. But like during it, nobody knew who he was. If that happened nowadays, if one person that nobody knew of in the world if right now, just right now, though, whoever is the 400th player in the NBA, if they came out and had a 35-point game, everybody in the world would know who they were. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in the world, but you know what I'm talking about, Coach. It's just amazing how different. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, media is completely different. That's why we're only one big story away from being a hit. You realize that, Coach. <laughs> we just got to find that big story. Yes, exactly. We just have to do something uh, particularly controversial. Maybe this year, man, can help the cause, but... Uh, Keep so it's going to be this year. I'm going to, I'm going to have, uh, uh, Joe Hogan has already said that he'll go down there. I've got to figure out a way to get an HD camera when the riots start during the G8 summit. Mm-hmm. We're going to get great stuff from that is what's going to happen, coach. Okay. Just don't do anything violent. We want to be, uh, we want to get our 15 minutes plus of fame, Big Dome, but we want to do it in a moralistic way, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I'm bringing a camera down there to create havoc. That's why I'm going yeah. down there. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm from the, I'm from the Chinatown, uh, uh, crime lords. I, I videotape everything while I do it. <laughs> uh, it's nice to know that it'll be documented. We'll look forward to that on the Two Guys in a Mic website as well. Big Dog and the Coach with you up until 11 o'clock. We move from uh, the Jeremy Lin and the New York Knicks story. Can they make it six in a row? Real quick to the Chicago Bulls. Secondarily, Big Dog, they're taking on the Sacramento Kings, but primarily the doctor's report came out fairly positive, and that was uh, Derek Rose. Everybody, uh, my goodness, I've never Heard so much talk about an injury in my life. Everybody, water cooler conversation in Chicago yesterday. Bottom line is, the doc said the back injury is not, there's no structural damage. So hopefully he will be okay in the not too distant. So you're, you're definitely, you have fallen into the trap of not being able to remember in the past. You don't remember Jim McMahon's ass injury in the Super Bowl 20? One of the more oh memorable God. injuries of. Ass injury. That's all. Oh, Jim McMahon's ass going to be good enough. Oh, blah, blah. Acupuncture for his ass. Now he's showing his ass to helicopters out on the practice field. You don't remember that? It was the worst. That's why I heard Jim McMahon's buttocks uh, 500 times a day for two weeks. What does that have to do with the Derrick Rose back? 
You just said that that's the most you've ever heard anybody talk about an injury. Not even sure I said that, but I said a lot of people are talking about it. But at any rate, okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll go along with you. Know, put the Jim McMahon's left and right gluteae ahead of Derrick Rose's back injury. But more importantly, Big Dog, it does not appear to be serious. No, I don't know if this guy's a building inspector or what. If he was looking at a building or looking at a back, but he said there's no structural damage. Well, there was an MRI. So you got you got to hope that the Bulls are if they're going to get an MRI. MRI. Pay for they're they're going to use the top guy, so mm-hmm. I would hope. Yeah, that's good. Good sign. Good okay. news. All right. Hopefully he'll be uh, back in action. Won't be playing tonight. I don't believe them. Uh, do the Bulls they play tomorrow or is it a tonight's game? Is it? Thought it was tonight. Taking on okay. the uh, Sacramento King. Yes, it is. Oh, the the Kings. They've got a decent little team. Now they're not deep, coach, but they've got some intriguing players. Now, Tyreek. Uh, Evans, everybody knows about. He's the rookie of the year from what, two years ago. He's really, really good. But Derek Cousins, out of nowhere, is finally playing. And this guy's been having some 20 rebound games for the Demarcus, for Demarcus sure. Cousins. Oh, Demarcus, I called him Derek Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Jimmer Ferdet is on that team, coach. So all I gotta say is, anytime that if you're CJ Watson, you get the ball, and Jimmy for. Jimmer Fredette is right on you. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it in every single game I've watched the Kings this year. They immediately attack, and guess what? Jimmer Fredette isn't as bad as you think he is. Ex-Chicago Bull John Sammons is a starting uh, two-guard for that ball club as well, so it could be uh, worth a peek, and that's the team where you mentioned DeMarcus Cousins. He's the one who spoke out. They got their coach fired, right? Was the coach Paul Westhead? Yeah, yeah, that, he gets fired. He gets somewhere. He's he, Everybody loves him the first month, and they want him fired by the second month. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, Paul Westfall story. Well, he does have a goal, I believe, of coaching and then getting fired for every other NBA team. By the way, speaking of coaches, I did finally watch that real sports show with Brian Gumbel. They had the Van Gundys, you know, with uh, Jeff and Stan. That was very, very entertaining. But the uh, quick point I wanted to bring up, the football team, I think you talked about it, where the coach refuses to punt or kick the ball. Oh, I brought this up a long time yes, ago. Yes, but you didn't bring up one other point, because I'm with this guy. I think it's it's a trend, and we should have done it a lot more. I've always been a big fan. I've never gone as extreme as this coach, but I've always been a big fan of going for it on fourth down. But while I was watching, he did something that you've given me a hard time for. Other people have, and he does it each and every time. When? The other team punts the ball to his team. Nobody back. Doesn't want to take any chances. Hey, his theory is you're going to give me the ball. Thank you very much. Our defense is one. I'm not putting back anybody back there to mess things up. That's something I've been a proponent of. Uh, again, I don't know if I'd say 100% of the time, maybe 70% of the time, and I've taken heat for it, Big Dumb. No, no, it was, whatever. I'm, uh, my kid is going to be well-coached enough to be able to catch a football that it's, falls out of the sky. You know that's, what? Yes. yes, my kid will be good enough to catch a football. Okay, that's. So I'm going to say enough about that. I am not losing five to thirty yards on every single kick. I guarantee you one thing: if I if I was scouting that team, I'd be like, "Hey, they really don't have anybody back there to catch the kick." I'm kicking a line drive kick that rolls for about seventy yards every time against them, and I'd be like, "Thank you. I'll punt on first down if you're going to do that." That's stupid. Bottom line. Stupid. Bottom line is we get the football. Our I ball. I understand, coach. I know. Yeah, that's that's. That's, that's playing yeah. not to lose. And you so can you say... you fourth fourth down, that's playing to win. Not catching the ball is playing to lose. So well, he totally wipes off all the intelligence that he just had. He just, I just mm-hmm. erase it. Down. No, it's I, actually... I, I it's, it's, 
just a different way of looking. It's actually playing to win because he has such confidence in putting points on the board that he doesn't want to do anything to mess it up. And you can say you can, you know, coach your players to catch the ball. I think it's one of the toughest skills in all of sports. I mean, you talk about, they say, the toughest hitting a baseball. You know, with the pitcher, you know, 60 feet away throwing then it. Have a guy, then a guy have a, have a guy fair catch. He runs under the ball. He waits for the fair catch. He catches the ball. That's no. right there. That's a 15-yard play. His offense doesn't average 15 yards a play. At least balls bounce and they go in the direction that they're getting kicked from. So, I mean, away from. So, coach, it's. What I'm saying, though, Big Dog, is the fair catch is one of the toughest things to do in sports. You're making it sound like a fairly routine thing. That ball's up in the air. You've got sun. You've got wind. You've got the lights at nighttime. You're trying to catch a ball way up in the air. I know these are gifted athletes, but still. And on top of that, you've got six or seven guys barreling down on you, and you're thinking about where you're going to run. I think it's one of the toughest skills in the sport. Don't put any back there. Take the ball. I love this guy from Arkansas. You, you would catch you would catch 99 out of 100 of them. No. Not 99 not. out of 100. Yes. No. How many, how many, how many punks did the Bears muff this season? If you look at the NFL percentage, it's not 99 out of 100. The Bears had one muff all season. They had more than 100 punts kicked. So they had about 100 punts kicked. You... That's about right. About one in 100 is how many you muff. I would... On a fumble? Well, a fumble is totally different because you can fumble if you were on offense, too, when you have the mm-hmm. ball. So, and trust me, there's more than a turnover once every 100 plays on offense, too. That's playing to lose. If you're so afraid, if you think the ball is that important that you're afraid to catch it, that's not the bad I, I cannot believe that's part of it. And I'm totally disgusted mm-hmm. by the coach. Well, again, it's, <laughs> it's all a matter of psychology. You make it seem playing to lose. We make it seem, and I'm, I'm, I'm pairing up with my guy from Arkansas who doesn't even know I exist, but uh, we make it seem like it's a win by our defense. You're going to give us free possession of the football. We're going to put points on the board. That's an aggressive way of thinking. The, by putting a guy back there, the only thing bad thing that can happen is you know, we fumble the ball and now you get the ball. We're not going to even take a chance and let that happen because we're so confident in our offense. So it's all a matter of psychology. Yeah, well, I, 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 I understand the psychology and I would be more, I would love to, I'd be like, fine, do not go for that four down. That actually bothers me if I'm going against you because I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you're going to, you're not going to have anybody back there, seriously, coach, if you have a kid work on it, the sideways angle line drive kick, I, right now, I can go outside and make a ball go 50 yards easily like that. Easily like that. And I haven't kicked the ball in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And if I work on it, I can get it 75 yards. Right. And that's, that's not just making up. If you work, if nobody is back there to pick it up and you kick a line drop, kick it over all forever. Uh, we, we will agree to disagree. And if, if teams started doing that, I might put a safety guy way back. And if the ball rolls to me, rolls, not up in the air. So maybe I'll meet you, not halfway, but I'll meet you a quarter of the way. If that started happening, I'm not as confident that kickers can control the role as you are. But if that started happening, I'm going to put a guy way deep, and he's instructed not to feel the ball on a fly. But if it is on the ground and it's coming at you and nobody's within 20 yards, go ahead and pick it up. So that'll take care of that particular point of pressure. Well, well sad to say, the, the offenses that I played at in my career had a bunch of really good uh, punters. Brian Pindar punted at Eastern Illinois. Overrated? Oh, yeah, overrated. He was an All-American uh, his senior year in college. And Olindo Mari was my punter in, uh, at McMurray. Didn't so really need him. Whatever the heck they wanted to. Didn't need him. So. Should have kept the football. 
Now we should have kicked field goals. The guy could have made them from 60. I mean, what, what are you kicking a field goal for? Make the play. Why you putt? All right. You're, you go for three points. I'll take my seven points. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and the coach. We're getting Big Dog a little for staunched up. That's exactly what we want to have going here. Uh, halfway through the show, again, the phone line's open if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. But right now, right now, Big Dog, we uh, have talked about it for a couple of days. It is Valentine's Day out there, and clearly an overhyped and much much uh, overrated holiday. Let's not get carried away. But there are uh, people that go out there uh, looking for... looking for a little bit of love. There's some people out there that already have some love, and... You've experienced both sides of that spectrum. I know you've had some creative suggestions, and um, we had the do's and don'ts. It's kind of a Valentine's tradition here, the two guys in a mic show, formerly the morning break radio show. The do's and don'ts of the big dog on a Valentine's evening. Now, uh, do these, does this go out to the, to the individuals that are together or the individuals that are not together? Well, I would say primarily, if I'm thinking back in the past, uh, not together. But okay. you you can go any way you want on this. I know you've done a lot of homework. Now, and for those of you that are seeking companionship tonight, and now yes. and it's fifty fifty both men and women. Now the the men will admit it, and the matter of fact, they'll make a target and both say, "I'm going out there to pick some girls up." And the girls, "Ah, oh, no, I'm not going to drink with the girls." And you know that's the first thing they're thinking of is, "Yeah, I need to find a guy to come up." And not that they need to find one; they kind of want one. Let's, I know that might sound sexist, but you know, women don't admit it. And men do admit, oh, I'm out there to hunt, and women are oh, So the thing is, guys, if you go out tonight and you see, like, girls in a group by themselves, it's kind of a little difficult to go up to yourself, so it wouldn't be bad if you're, you know, with a group of guys. So if you're by yourself, don't go up to a group of girls, okay? But if you're by yourself, you see a girl that's a little lonely. Now, now remember this, it depends on the time of the night, okay? Around, like, 7 o'clock if you see them at the bar by themselves. You know, you could go up a little bit more confident. Hey, how you doing? Talk to them a little bit. Be friendly with them, okay? And all of a sudden, you'd have a lot of confidence, and they'd be like, hey, maybe I could meet a nice guy. But if it's after 10 and before 3, in that little window right there, that three-hour, that five-hour window, Coach? <laughs> yes. You have to play the, uh, what a sad day, a Tuesday, I'm out this place. <laughs> you got to play that whole thing, yeah. You know, it's so sad. Everybody talks about this great day of love. There's no such thing as love anymore. And start, <laughs> you start talking that thing. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, yeah, it's so hard to find a good person. Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, it's it's Friday morning, the 15th, and you're walking and getting a Starbucks, uh, trying to walk home. I think, to, I, think I can speak for at least some of our listeners and make the comment that that really works. It does. Wow. It's worked for my brother. Okay. You, you, you can get a lot of... You can do a lot of consoling on February 14th at about 11:30 at night into February 15th in the morning, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, somebody feels a lot better about themselves. Interesting, a little therapy, if you will. Okay, or or if you if you want if you're the type of guy that wants pity sex, what you do is you bring a flower into a bar, you put it down in front of me, and you sit there and you look all glum. Somebody will come up to you, oh, someone gave you a flower for Valentine's Day. No, this was for somebody else, but. I didn't meet her out tonight. Next thing, and then you just hand it to the girl. Next thing you know, uh-huh. it'll work right there, coach. Right there, you get See? the pity this, and everything else. This is what we're looking for: specificity here, folks. If you don't have a pencil, number two lead, and an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, you you definitely should take notes. You might want to put this away and bring it out next Valentine's Day. You never know where the big dog could be. 
So this is wisdom uh, we're not even charging you for. This is outstanding. One of our emailers has written in and asked Big Dog, is besides bars, is there any other place that uh, he and she could meet on a Valentine's evening? No, that is very difficult because uh, it's on a Valentine's Day evening, it's kind of hard to, like, what, you're going to go to regular social activities or whatever? I mean, it's all this stuff that I'm saying to you works for everything. But, like, if you're going out, hey, I want to pick up a girl, well, what do people say? I'm going to go to the library. No, that doesn't work very often. So in all your situations, if you normally have a job and you're working at Verizon and it's 745 and that you're about to close and somebody comes in like for a phone, mm-hmm. turn, you can get a number out of that. You can definitely turn no matter what situation is you're in, you can turn out. That's basically for the guys. Now, for the girls, I don't know. In order for you to get a, girl, a guy on Valentine's Day, you know what you have to do. I'm not even telling you that. But if you already have a boyfriend, I read some really amazing stuff this morning, Coach. Now, while I was trying to link up the This Year Man stuff to your guys, I noticed that a, a girl that I knew in college wrote down uh, a comment. or She added a comment, you know, those blue cards, and they have the phrases on them on Facebook. And one of them said, ladies, to men, blanks are just like flowers. Okay, on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And blanks, let me put it this way. It kind of reminds me of a gift of a man giving a woman flowers because it only lasts for a little while. There's, it's really beautiful <laughs> at one point, and then it wilts in the end. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, yes. So yes. when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And then I looked at the list of people who liked it, and let's just say my ex-girlfriend like four years was the one who liked it. I was like, oh, oh. that's always what I Isn't that funny? Bang, zoom. Boy, mm-hmm. shot right in the gut there. Shot right in the gut. Thank you, yeah, by the way, for not getting as graphic as you did with the uh, George Bush uh, being defeated in his second. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You went about as far as we could expect to go. Now, uh, emailer one for the roses wants to know, besides flowers, and thank you for that flower analogy, sadly, but truly you're right on on that. Any other unique gifts that uh, might be a successful venture out there besides the flower for some of our male and or females looking for love. If you have any, any form of, of poet, poetic license in you, go in there and write something on a piece of paper, write a short little poem and give girls freak out over that. The fact that you would have done it yourself, first of all, you save yourself a trip to the store. You don't have to spend the eight bucks on a card. And, uh, and the, you don't even have to buy flowers at that point. So if you have anything like that, even if it's bad, they will like it because they'll think it's funny. Oh, that's so cute. That's but funny. That, that's more for someone you know, right? You don't want to be writing a poem for someone you're... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, right on that type of... Oh, so yes. no, this is back again to people you don't know. Well, people both think. ways. Any option, but that's that's good advice for the uh, for the loved one, the poem, the written word, much stronger. The pen is mightier than the sword, Big Doug. Well, my, my biggest thing is uh, I, I don't want the guys out there to go out and be arrogant, cocky idiots picking up girls. But the things that guys lack the most when they're out meeting girls is confidence. And they're always trying to uh, impress women. Mm-hmm. Oh, I this and this is my job. And I drive a so-and-so. you got to know that in this moment, you have all the confidence in the world. You have, all, you have the home court advantage. Right now, she's wondering, why can't I get a guy to like me? It's Valentine's Day. I should have a date. You need to have her <laughs> convince you that she's worth you take it home. Uh-huh. 
All right, so so on this night in particular, not always, but on this night in particular, a little bit of the um, the uh, you know lonely eyes, lonely boy look, kind of the sad, uh, looking for looking for love, kind of sympathetic, sit back in the chair at the table. That that might work. This That's night in work particular, a lot more. That's going to work a lot more. And you know, and guys don't have to go out and try to impress women all the time mm-hmm. when you're doing this. That's the last thing you want to do. Because all of a sudden she's like, oh, now he's trying to just pick me up. Just go there and start talking to him. Seriously, just start talking to girls. And uh, and, and sympathize with the fact that they don't have anybody with them on Valentine's Day. It mm-hmm. goes a long way, Coach. And Come. say the word, say the phrase a lot. I understand. <laughs> just say that a lot. <laughs> you'd be surprised at how, how much further you get with, I understand, than, yeah, I drive a Lexus. Yeah, seriously, coach. Seriously, I, I, I understand goes a lot further. See, this is what we're talking about: specificity here, some do's and don'ts. It's a Valentine's tradition here. Take notes, folks. Professor Joel Radwanski's bringing it at you, giving it right to you. The hard yeah. truth: eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Male, female, or if you're somewhere in the vast in between, give us a call. A little Valentine's Day's do's and don'ts for the singles out there in particular. Again, our phone number, 888-463-6748. By the way, can we issue a, a warnings a little bit strong, but let's just say if any of our females out there, Big Dog, do happen to come across this year, man, between the dreaded 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock slots you were talking about, run, would that be the best word to use? Uh, I don't know. Those are some pretty... Uh... What do you call it? They're good boots. Those are some serious kicks. He'll catch you, coach. The man is a superhero. He doesn't just wear the. He doesn't just wear a superhero outfit. I mean, he wears it well. He'll catch you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm instead of run, maybe uh, you know, quite the opposite. And just unlike Sky Guy, you're just like Sky Guy. This your man does stuff. Just to let you know. Yeah. Go be too impressed. That's what we've heard. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, any other little do's and don'ts before we get back to the sporting world? Limited time here in the one hour that they allow the coach of the big dog. We're trying to get a two-hour show. We're fighting for longer hours. Unfortunately, our management seems to be fighting for lesser hours. Call but, your mom and wish her a happy birthday, uh, Valentine's Day. Excellent. Also. That's the only one. That's the only one I would say you can't forget. Okay. Very, very good. Nicely done, big dog. Nicely done. If you come up with any others, by the way, uh, put them on our Facebook page, okay? I'll be more than happy to, Coach. Thank and you. by the way, just want to let you know, I contacted uh, Poppy on the Dan Lepitard show through Facebook. Okay. He contacted me back immediately, and he's interested in coming on the show. Beautiful. In studio or via the phone? Well, he'll have to be via the phone. And I'm, I'm telling you, Coach, he may know less about sports than you do. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. It's gonna, I cannot wait to have you two together on the show. It's going to be All phenomenal. Right. Yeah, so well, Tell him if, if he comes in the studio, i got a box of Girl Scout cookie Samoas for him. Uh, Coach, just and, to let you know, I can't believe you said that because half of the time they're talking about cookies on that show and the fact that his dad, uh, uh, Papa, Papi Gonzalez Lepitard, does not stop eating cookies the whole time. <laughs> like, i got to stop. People, people start to come over to my house at 3.30 to watch the show. So, never mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, other sports topics on the docket here. And, again, the big dog and the coach bringing it at you. No football to talk about. Sad but true. But, big dog, one thing to keep us uh, – well, we really – we got two things. Two big things to look forward to. One, pitchers and catchers reporting. I think it's in a little of six or seven days. I heard the White Sox. I don't know. It's shorter than that. The Mariners are on Saturday. Oh! 
And the Mariner, by the way, the Mariners fans are asking them to have already been there. Wow. Like, ridiculous. They need the most work. <laughs> to me, it's one of the highlights of the sports year is when the Seattle Mariners open up their training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Cubs were the first ones like a couple years in a row. Now the Cubs are like one of the last ones mm-hmm. this year. But that doesn't matter. Who cares? It's an extra day out of 250 that they're working. That's not that big. I remember deal. back in the height of his height of his popularity, I did send Ichiro Suzuki a Valentine's card, and as of yet, it has not been returned. Big Doug, I'm a little bit hurt. Um, he may be the most one of the most popular athletes in the history of mankind. I don't expect one you to hear back, Coach. Well, I'm still hoping. Yes, David. Four days, 19 hours, 11 minutes. <laughs> Four days. <laughs> 19 hours and 11 minutes. By the time the show's over, Big Dog, it'll be four days, 19 hours, and. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and about uh, one minute. Well, the, the Mariners had this massive park, and they decided to fill up their roster full of a bunch of slow guys that hit home runs. Uh, they'll be eliminated in <laughs> five days, 17 hours, and eight minutes is when they'll be eliminated uh, from the race. I can see it the first the day of. First day of spring training. Welcome, guys. Good to see you. I want to introduce you to uh, Joel Rodwanski here. Hey, guys, how are you? Nice to see you. You got the wrong team for the wrong park. We'll probably be out of it by mid-June. Have a great spring training. No, actually, this year they've done a good job of actually bringing in, like, extremely fast guys that are line drive hitters mm-hmm. that, that, that are perfect for that park. So let's get off of Mariners baseball. All right, but we do have we have the excitement of baseball not that far away, pitchers and catchers report, and also, of course, in the not-too-distant big dog, we'll be talking about uh, – We'll be talking about bubbles and brackets. Teams on the yeah. bubble and brackets. March Madness starts to creep into our uh, sports conscious. Uh, Coach, it's definitely creeped into my conscious. Last night I'm watching Kansas, Kansas State. Good and game. everyone that's an Illinois fan would be thinking, oh, Joel must be rooting for Kansas State. No, I was rooting for Kansas because Illinois is on the bubble and Kansas State's on the bubble. Kansas is in. So I need, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I'm watching. I'm watching. Syracuse take on, uh, well, not Louisville last night, but Louisville yeah. was playing something. You know, no, 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 it was Syrac- Syracuse and Louisville last night. Well, that, yeah, that, that was last night. That game was phenomenal. But I, I do know both of those teams are in the tournament. Illinois will not be in. But, like, this weekend Louisville's playing West Virginia, and I'm pulling for Louisville. So it's cool, Coach, that uh, I, I'm, I have finally caught it. The fever hit me last or this yep. on Saturday, yep. and I am all making sure whatever it takes for Illinois to get in the tournament and Northwestern in the tournament, I'm rooting for. Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. West Virginia, by the way, and our good friend Bobby Huggins, one of those teams that looked like they were locked, but suddenly, similar yeah. to Illinois, they've become a bubble team a little bit. You mentioned Syracuse, big dog. I had this down on my news and notes for the show. Uh, just not to overlook the fact, you know, I read they beat Louisville. They're 26 and 1 on the season. I'm looking. 26 and 1. In the Big East. Against, Maybe not the Big East yes, last year, but it's still a good with conference. With the competition they're playing. I know, you know, in those 27 games, there's a few easy ones, but they've played some really good teams. To be 26 and 1, you can't overlook that. That's darn impressive. They play 20 good teams at least. Coach. Yep. At least 20 really good teams. But that is impressive. I, and their only loss was when they had the, was the game. The day after the whole academic yep. uh, stuff with Fat Mellow, and I think if they had longer to deal with it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been such a shock to the team. I don't think the average sports fan, even those that are into it, we, we tend to pass through it a little bit. You have to, including myself, you have to like put the brakes on, stop, and think about that and how hard that is and what an accomplishment. A real credit to the Syracuse Orangeman basketball team to have that kind of record. 
game in, game out, day in, day out, week in, week out, that level of consistency, awfully impressive, Big Dumb. So that's awfully impressive. And, and if you don't mind, can I change uh, something that I don't think is as impressive, and it's a, about a great streak a team is having, and that's the Detroit Red Wings. Now, they just tied the all-time record with the 29-30 Boston Bruins and, like, the 75-76 Broadway Broad Street Bullies from uh, Philadelphia for most consecutive home wins at 20 games. Both of the previous teams did not have any overtimes, or they've won 20 consecutive games. Detroit has won four games in shootouts. Yes, they share the record. That's not right, is it? Because I, Detroit is great, and it's not because I'm a Hawks fan hating on the Red Wings. That's not what I'm doing. I was talking about th- this record. Shouldn't there be some asterisk or something to it? Well, that, uh, that doesn't count. I got a couple comments on that. One, first, I was totally unaware of it. <laughs> so much okay. I followed hockey. And then, two, you're probably right, but you're talking cake or cake with ice cream. I mean, maybe it's not as great a record because of the shootouts, but still, let's not diminish it too much. They've still won 20 without losing at home. The shootouts take a little bit away from that, but still pretty impressive as well. Well, I am not doubting how impressive it is. I'm also not doubting that the Red Wings have the best team in hockey, even though they don't have the best record because their division is incredible. Look at the Hawks' division, Coach. If you name the best, like 10 teams in hockey, four of them, maybe even the best six teams in hockey, four of them are the White, not the White Sox, are the Blackhawks division right now. So it's uh, the Red Wings have been really, really impressive. And whoever wins the West is going to be favored dramatically in the finals, Coach, in hockey. Just now, I only haven't talked much hockey. Let me ask you, in the NHL playoffs, I should know this, but uh, not sure I do. The top eight teams make it. Is it irregardless of division, top eight records? Um, yes and no. Well, I know the division uh, champion makes it. Yeah, yeah, the, the top eight teams make it. But, like, it is they do they do the same thing as basketball where the division winners automatically make it. Okay. But, and then they reseed. So it, it's, it's, it's really it's jacked up, Coach. So you could have the fourth best team have the second best record – the fourth seed will have the second-best record in the NHL, kind of like it could happen in the NBA, okay? And then they, they would receive stuff. So what happens is just say uh, the the first seed, the, the, the number one seed beats the eighth seed, and the fourth seed has the second-best record in the NHL. Well, what would happen is if the second team would win, the second seed would play the eighth seed, and the fourth seed would still be stuck playing the third seed. It's such a – it's so bad – I know it totally confused everybody right there, but the way the NBA and NHL playoffs are set up is really a joke. They, they, they have got to get rid of divisions. They just need to have two conferences, and we wouldn't have to. Then I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't complain once mm-hmm. about it. Coach. Yeah, we've, we've, we've been talking about that, particularly for the NBA, for about three, four years now. And, and the best argument for it is down the stretch, and I think this happens in hockey too, nobody's talking about who's leading the division. Even the newspapers, when they print the standings, they print Western Conference, and who's the one seed, two seed, you know, third, fourth, fifth? Who's battling yeah. to get the eighth spot? They don't even, you know, talk about division races. So it's kind of uh, technical, but it, in everybody's mindset, it's it's Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Absolutely, I would just wish it would be it would remain that. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, big doggo, we got to wrap up today's show. Any other uh, words of wisdom? Now you've. Given some do's and don'ts for our fine listeners out there, we haven't gotten any specifics of the big dogs. Evening out with Lily the Lilac. Is uh, the evening going to be out? 
in? Will you be out and about? And can you divulge if you are out where our morning morning break, where our two guys in a mic public might be able to uh, track you down? It will definitely. I, I, I'm going to pick her up from work, and we're going to go from there. That's we're going to have one of those. Uh, ah, I got. I got. She's, she, she'll be listening on Valentine's Day, coach. So I okay. will not be telling her what's going I on. I like it. I like okay. it. There's two ways of looking at it that day. One, unorganized and unprepared, or I prefer to look at it, the unpredictability of the evening and the relationship adds some spice to it. I'm going to go with the latter. By the way, if anybody I would, wants... I would, I'm prepared. I, trust me, I'm prepared. This is the best way for me to tell you, Coach. If anybody wants to buy, uh, find me and my wife out and about, we will be at row six on the west side at Wheeling High School watching sophomore basketball tonight at about 6 o'clock as our son's playing. Big dog. Feel free to oh, stop okay. by. That's romantic. It really is. Uh, Who knows? We might even do Wendy's on the way home. Uh, Where do you eat Wendy's? No, not really. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Okay, yeah, you're good. I'm glad you're not eating fast food, bro. Haven't been to a Wendy's in a long time. All right, dog, have a great evening. Thank you for the do's and don'ts on Valentine's Day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sports and more with the dog and the coach. Behave yourself tonight, will you, please? All right. Peace out, everyone. All right. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, signing off. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job as per usual. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic.